Hey there, sexy techies. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Something I think kind of amazing happened this week. What? (laughs) So we have a seven-year-old son. He's our oldest. And he lately he's been talking about wanting more things, like wanting to buy more things. Yes. Uh, He wants... What does he want for Christmas? He wants a hoverboard. He wants an electric scooter. Yes, all the electric ride-ons. He wants um, a baseball necklace, which is $5 on Amazon, and we're making him work for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, So, but this is like every entrepreneurial parent's dream. He came to us this week, and he asked if he could start a lemonade stand. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't yes. know if you saw my eyes light up. I was <laughs> no, like, I know. <laughs> so I, I didn't know, like I, I wasn't sure. I was very excited that he wanted to do that. Um, but at the same point, I was like, I was kind of like, dude, the um, the lemonade stand market's pretty, uh, pretty saturated in our neighborhood. Like maybe there's something else you could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say that to him? <laughs> I, I, no, I kind of encouraged it. But I also said like, yeah, I mean, there's other businesses you could do that you could start too that like might even have a, a greater need yeah gets his like <laughs> wheels spinning yeah 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 don't just be a copycat be an innovator yeah but i mean i'm just happy i'm mean, i'll buy him i'll buy him some lemonade um <laughs> supplies and uh, since we already stole his podcast equipment <laughs> <laughs> we didn't steal it we're putting it to good use did you uh did you have any businesses or any entrepreneurial spirit mm. when you were a kid started I mean, did you ever start a lemonade stand no, I mean, my, my parents were like big on stranger danger. So they, they weren't comfortable with like us being like out on the sidewalk. We were in a suburb, we were in a fine neighborhood, but you know, they just didn't like the idea of like being outside and then strangers coming by and interacting with them. But I would go into like my school and kind of, I would like run contests with the the other students like I would I'd be like this I don't know how to even explain it I go into the school and I would like run competitions basically between um the students in my class like I had them one time make like make tvs and whoever like made the best tv out of like paper and crafts and stuff um got like a prize that like a mcdonald's toy that I already had that oh, was, okay. That was my entrepreneurial spirit. I guess that's entrepreneurial. <laughs> I mean, I started something and everyone did it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's just leadership. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, were you charging money or no, is there any I, exchange of value other than this? Uh... Well, I got their crafts and then they got my toy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really grow up in a very lemonade standy neighborhood. No. Um, <laughs> so this is exciting. I can kind of live vicariously through our children. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a couple of platforms uh, out there, social media platforms, and the stories of how they started. They're actually very similar in nature uh, in terms of the features, but they're pretty different uh, in terms of how they're currently being used and yeah, like what the current use cases are. Mm -hmm. So those two platforms that we're talking about are Twitter and Threads. Oh, oh, okay. So one, I'm more familiar with the other one i am not which one are you more familiar with twitter but now that it's not twitter been around a lot longer i'm not really that familiar with it yeah i guess we'll preface this up front um we're just gonna call it twitter because (laughs) no one calls it x been called for (laughs) such a long time and just for uh consistency and simplicity's sake uh, i will ref we will reference the fact that its name has changed recently but 
Uh, that's probably it. We're just going to call it Twitter. Okay. I'm good with that. All right. So we're going to start with Twitter because chronologically, that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Twitter actually started out in 2005. It launched in mid-2005 as Odeo. Oh, a I never knew that. podcasting platform. Oh, wow. Oh, so they were like new to the podcasting scene or yeah. they were like on the podcast scene when it was new yeah sort of innovators in the podcasting scene yeah. um, they didn't last very long in that um, niche though in that market so in the fall of 2005 apple launched itunes podcasting mm-hmm. and the founders of odeo kind of thought it was you know they shouldn't get into that game with with apple going in yeah, on it and smart. having I mean, they, there was no iPhone yet even. So this was iPod days. And they were thinking like, you know, everybody's got an iPod. Right. Um, we don't want to go up against Apple. Right. In this market. Yeah. Oh, so that's probably where podcasts really did come from because Apple had iPods. Yeah. I was right when I <laughs> you were. hypothesized that. Okay. <laughs> so Odeo was launched by a few guys. One of them was Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the CEO and he previously founded Blogger. Okay. Remember Blogger? It was like one of the early blogging platforms. I, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so they decided to pivot the company, Evan did, and he asked the 14 employees at the time to start thinking of ideas. Basically said, we're not going to, we're going to get out of this podcasting game. Uh, what do you, what do you have? Like, let's all do some brainstorming and come back with some ideas. And so a couple of the other founders, um, actually a founder and an employee at the time, Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. and Noah Glass, uh, they came up with the idea for Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it was originally called Twitter, but it was spelled T-W-T-T-R. That is so funny how they just really don't care about vowels and startups. Well, so <laughs> I think they were fashioning it after like Flickr, but yeah. Twitter.com had already was already taken. By um, a bird or something. <laughs> I don't know what was. <laughs> so they just went with Twitter at first. Yeah. Uh, later, they changed the spelling and, and acquired the domain name. Evan Williams, the CEO, wasn't really sure about this Twitter idea at first. Mm-hmm. So it was this idea where you could, anyone could send via text or SMS um, a message and people could follow their, follow that person and they would get um, the text sent to them. Oh, interesting. In real time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but you know, he, they let a small team work on it. So, um, Jack Dorsey, Noah Glass and Biz Stone, they all worked on this idea together. It was really Dorsey and Glass though, that kind of were like the masterminds behind the idea. Mm -hmm. And in March, 2006, they launched the initial version of Twitter. It was, it, it kind of, um, it, it didn't take off like Instagram level growth, but it got some growth fairly quickly. It got a few thousand users in the first couple of months. Mm-hmm. And one of the predominant use cases today of Twitter was pretty apparent early on. So there was a small earthquake mm-hmm. in San Francisco mm-hmm. in August of 2006. Mm-hmm. And news of that earthquake spread quickly on Twitter. Oh. Even though there were only a few thousand users on it, a lot of them were in San Francisco at the time. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and so then, you know, Twitter went on to become very, uh, you know, one of the predominant use cases is like real-time news right. for current events right. and things like that. Right. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. But something really interesting happened, and I wasn't actually aware of this backstory before doing this research. Twitter is kind of, was kind of mired in controversy from near the beginning. Mm. So around this time, August or so of 2006, Evan Williams went to Odeo's initial investors 
And he said, he basically said, hey, listen, um, you know, we're not doing audio anymore, the podcasting thing. Uh, we're not sure. We're, we're, we're kind of trying out this Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. And he kind of explained it to them. He said, you know, we're not really sure how big it's going to be or what it is exactly yet. We, we've got about 5,000 users a few months after launching it. Um, I'd like to offer to you to, you know, give you your money back and make you whole mm-hmm. on your investment. And they, I, I'm pretty sure all of them agreed, or at least most of them. And so they took their money back. Oh. Later, these investors, some of them said that they felt like Evan Williams was, you know, acting in good faith. Others believe that he kind of knew they were onto something with Twitter and preferred to buy back their shares and you know basically square up their cap table get all the shares back and kind of start over so Mm. they some of them felt like they had been conned Ooh, interesting what what does he i mean he obviously sticks to his story that yeah i don't know if he's addressed it um he doesn't really have to every i mean he he didn't lie i mean they only had five thousand users i mean maybe he had an inkling that it was going to grow he was seeing something Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um you know, he offered them their money back. He didn't tell them they had to take it. Right. Um, and they, they did, so. Right. And as an investor, you you are making that decision yourself. Yeah, it's like, up to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised they all took their their money back. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they all stuck with it and stayed, but. So another thing that Evan Williams did that that uh, didn't come out until later, but it was is, you know, kind of controversial also, he fired Noah Glass, the one of the guys, basically like the lead champion Whoa. of Twitter. We're not really sure exactly why he fired Noah. Um, it seems like there may have been some personality conflicts there, mm. but the the timing um, and the fact that it was sort of the the one who was like the most into Twitter and mm. like really pushed for it, along with Jack Dorsey, he yeah he fired him. Interesting. So he he didn't last very long at the company. I wonder what Noah Glass is doing these days. Uh, I looked him up. He's the founder of another company. Oh, okay. We should talk about what Twitter is um, oh, yeah. and a little bit of the backstory. So originally it started out as a 140 character max, uh, like micro blogging platform. Right. So, you know, I can post something. Previously, you know, there were blogging platforms were very big at the time in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. This was basically a blogging platform, but it was constrained to a certain, uh, you know, only 140 characters. And unlike some other blogging platforms where you could have your own website, uh, you know, to host your blog, right. um, it was more like a centrally hosted platform. So all of the posts, or they call them tweets, mm-hmm. are um, posted to the same platform okay. and can be seen in a stream. So it was always that like newsfeed idea yes. from the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Um, eventually, they did increase the limit to 280 oh, okay. in 2017. So oh, okay. can now it's now 280 characters. Um, and if you pay for a Twitter Blue subscription, uh, which is like a, their paid service, you can actually get up to ten thousand characters oh, now. Oh wow! So that I think that you know that comes with the badge, the blue, the blue yeah. check mark, and some other perks. Um, you know, as Twitter has tried to increase their their revenue. Interesting. I so I was on Twitter early on, like when it first started, and there are a lot of reasons why I got off of Twitter, but one of them was because I couldn't keep. What I wanted, I'm a very, I'm, You're a, very, verbose. I'm a very verbose person, <laughs> as everyone knows, and I just have a lot of thoughts, and um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't tweet effectively. I, I had more than 140 characters to say. <laughs> yeah, well, now you get 280 on Twitter. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll re- hold that thought. Yeah. <laughs> so Twitter has somewhere between 350. Twitter states that they have somewhere between 350, 400 million monthly active users. Mm. Um. 
there's been kind of a wide discrepancy um, and it's a little controversial. Like no one's really sure how many of those users are actually active and not bots, bots or spam. Uh, right. Or, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So they have some number of users <laughs> basically <laughs> at their peak in two in 2021. So their peak revenue, Twitter made about $5 billion um, that year in revenue, mm. uh, but was not profitable. Oh, yeah, really? They've I looked at their revenue statistics. Apparently, they've had a couple of small, uh, couple of years of small profits before then, but since then, they've not been profitable again. Interesting. Um, some of the main use cases of Twitter we talked about um, real time events. Mm-hmm. So that includes things like you know global cultural movements, like mm-hmm. the Arab Spring. That was one of the early use cases um, of people using Twitter to uh, as a form of protest. Um, live sporting events mm, yeah. is another big one. Um, award shows is a huge one. Oh, People love to get on Twitter yes. and tweet about, you know, awards and slaps and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> things of that nature. Um, <laughs> one slap. <laughs> yeah. News, uh, news in general, um, yeah. just trending news. People, some people get their news from Twitter. Like yeah. I know you get your news from TikTok. <laughs> so. on, I mean, I, I start and then I do my research, but okay. yes, I do get the snippets. Yeah. From, yeah, viral things that happen for sure. And then, uh, you know, another use case is just following friends, Mm -hmm. celebrities, and like internet celebrities or like celebrities in quotes kind of. Yeah, um, that was one of the draws that got me to sign onto Twitter when I first joined was the fact that you could just easily follow a celebrity and and because you couldn't do that on Facebook. Right. And Instagram at the time. I was still just using it for filters. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that was that was like my avenue to be able to like interact with with somebody famous potentially. Yep. Yeah, and eventually Twitter did support media too, so mm-hmm. people can add photos and videos to their posts. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking about it and comparing it to something like Instagram, Instagram is more photo first video first right where and then the text is kind of secondary where like you, it, sure. you only see a little bit a snippet of it and you have to expand it yes whereas twitter is text first yep. um that's what they give you know the prime or did give the mm-hmm. prime real estate to and then you know the videos and, and photos don't get quite as much engagement on twitter as they do on something like instagram or tiktok right but yeah you don't need that though because you're just you're you're literally like saying the headlines or saying the the thought that's out there right so just i just wanted to talk about a little bit of the controversy that has happened around twitter in its lifespan of yeah. you know almost 20 years now uh, one big thing is misinformation mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of misinformation spread on twitter a lot of accusations that the algorithm sort of facilitates that spread of misinformation and that twitter hasn't done enough to uh, stop the spread of misinformation or disinformation on the platform. Interesting. Um, and then over the years, there's also been some controversy um, around censorship on the platform, people being censored or blocked or banned from the platform. And then on the other side, lack of censorship. So it's... It, <laughs> I, know, it's I was just going to say, like, that, those are two very contradictory things. Yeah. People saying that there's, like, fake news being spread and then people saying that there's too much censor- censorship. Yeah. So something's happening correctly it's just the other side's not really accepting of it it's not easy running a social network yeah Um, i'm sure you're always kind of in the crosshairs Mm -hmm. and you in a lot of sense you can't win um yeah you're gonna 
you're going to piss off some people if you if you ban somebody and you're going to piss off other people if you don't. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, you know, that's just kind of the game on social networks. Uh, and for that reason, people who run social networks, uh, you know, CEOs of social networks are a lot of times not the most well-liked people. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's always concerns about privacy, uh, right. user privacy and data privacy. Um, there's this misinformation mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so there's just a lot, there's a lot to deal with. Um, yeah. you know, you're constantly going before Congress right. uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to jump ahead a little bit okay. to, we'll call it the Elon Musk era of Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking, when you say era now, all I think about is Taylor Swift and it's like <laughs> Twitter's Elon Musk era. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like his reputation era. <laughs> yeah. Is that reputation? That would be the album? Yes. Yeah. When when she turned like kind of bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So um, we'll walk through a quick timeline of the Elon's like interest in buying Twitter through the eventual acquisition of Twitter. So Elon had issues with the way that Twitter was being run. And he's been a huge tweeter mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, b- big fan of using the platform, although... Um, you know, not necessarily a big fan of how the platform was run. Mm-hmm. So he said he wanted to buy Twitter to help humanity improve free speech. Mm, what a what a noble cause. Yeah, what a noble purpose. <laughs> um, so in April 2022, on April 14th of 2022, things moved kind of quickly here. Elon, after kind of being thwarted in a uh, a hostile takeover of Twitter, he offered to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Right, which is like chump change for him. <laughs> he, I mean, it's that's still a lot of money, even <laughs> even for him. But like, yeah, it's, I mean... He, he, he could, had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was above the trading price of the stock. Mm. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a decent offer. And on April 25th, the board of Twitter accepted Elon's offer. Wow. On May 13th, so only a couple weeks later, Elon tried to back out of the deal. Mm. So... The question arises, was this just a publicity stunt mm. gone wrong? Did I, I mean, there were some things going on with the with the economy at the time. Uh, you know, did he did he just say, oh, maybe this isn't the best idea right now? Um, was he just trying to make it a big thing? And so he said, oh, maybe I'll back out and that'll create more media attention. Like, oh. you know, he's he's that type of guy. Like yeah. he likes the media. Yeah. He likes to dominate the media cycle. So you, you never really know exactly what's going through this guy's head. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think. You could make sense of it, from what I'm understanding. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> so, anyway, there was some legal back and forth. Twitter sued Elon for trying to back out of the deal. So the day before it was supposed to go to trial, Elon said, "Okay, I'll buy Twitter," and they closed the deal on October 28th. Whew. So now that we've gone through like a, a brief history of the transaction itself, let's do just a brief history of like. Some other crazy stuff that has happened around the the Twitter sphere yeah. um, in the last year and a half or so since Elon um, so much has happened took over yeah. <laughs> yeah so early on Elon fired thousands of people from Twitter oh yes he said basically it it had gotten a little too fat um, like I said before it wasn't profitable right um, they needed to cut back uh, he wanted to you know turn it around make a profit at all costs. And he also instituted, we talked about this in an earlier episode mm-hmm. when we featured. We had our hot mom of the week who used to work for Twitter. It was Esther. Esther Crawford. Yeah. yeah. So 
she was the, I think, head of product for Twitter at the time. Yes. And Elon instituted this like really hardcore like work, no work-life balance, basically like mandated right. long hours. Uh, yeah. Some people were sleeping in sleeping bags at the office, that right. sort of stuff. Right. Basically trying to like squeeze every minute of the of your day into into Twitter to, you know, maximize profitability. I um, do wonder, I mean, is there data that said that that worked? Uh, I mean, tons of people left and right. Twitter is where Twitter is right, right now. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't see, I don't think you could find any data to say that that had a positive effect on Twitter. Yes. I mean, but even if people had stayed and like they had these extra hours to like actually work, I doubt that productivity would have skyrocketed like as much as he probably wanted it to. Yeah. Regardless of like who stayed and who didn't. Not yeah. a good business model. <laughs> so um, he also changed the name of Twitter to X. Uh, we we <laughs> foreshadowed this a little a little bit ago in July 2023. In doing so, um, killed off one of the strongest brands um in the you know social media world definitely but just in the world in general like you know with the little bird just gonna say it's such a recognizable icon yeah like i don't even when i see that x i i don't even think twice about what it is because i i don't think it's anything important and then i realize oh that used to be twitter like i think the initial reaction from everybody was like is this a joke like this seems like a joke yeah right everything he's doing yeah (laughs) sounds like a joke so when they changed the name of Twitter to X, there was a guy who actually had the X username on Twitter oh. for like 16 years and Elon stole that from him, um, which, you know, in the terms, they are allowed to do that, but oh, really? also not the, you know, nicest thing to do. They like, they didn't compensate him for it like monetarily or anything Aww. either. So poor guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just something that happens, but like, yeah, I mean, certainly not an act of goodwill. Yeah. Um, another thing Elon said he took over Twitter to protect free speech. Um, he has banned journalists from Twitter who cover Elon and in a, you know, in a negative light, um, have said some negative things about Elon. So people can make their own judgments about. <laughs> just doesn't sound so free over there. <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, he, he is protecting some speech on the platform, though. There has been an increase in hate speech on the oh, platform gosh. since Elon took over uh, Twitter. And that has caused advertisers to leave Twitter in droves. Yeah. Because they've said they don't want their content appearing alongside hate right. speech. Yeah, um, some of it from Twitter users. Uh, some that they've called harmful speech from musk himself Mm. so wow you know as far as wanting to turn twitter around um that hasn't really happened i mean it's turned in a direction i wouldn't say you know in necessarily in the right direction in september elon said he's looking to at a plan to charge all users of twitter yeah so all of these things all of these these crazy things that have been happening the last couple years uh at twitter form the backdrop for the launch of Twitter's biggest rival now mm-hmm. called Threads. Okay, yeah. I can see I can see why Threads was like, um, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, could there have been a better time to launch a platform that competed with Twitter? No, like, this, yeah. It's it's definitely burning a little bit to the ground and this is a good time to to come up with unless I mean, here I am thinking, unless like Elon's playing some long game that we don't know about, like he's like trying to like 
burn this to the ground because there's something else. Maybe he's behind Threads. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Threads is a product of Meta, which owns Facebook, right. Instagram, WhatsApp. So that's definitely not the case. I know that was a joke, but um, but I think you're. A lot of people speculate that Elon has some other intentions here, right? Like he's he's clearly not acting in the best interest yeah like a rational like he's just not running it like a business that that he wants to grow (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know what he's doing but nobody knows what he's doing but you know maybe he does have some sort of long game and who knows where twitter will be twitter will be in a couple years like you know he could change course and whatever we'll see how it goes but this takes us to threads Mm -hmm. so threads launched july 5th 2023 Mm. it quickly became the fastest growing app in history. Oh, wow. In only five days, 100 million users registered for threads. Oh, okay. Everyone's like, I need a place to go. <laughs> well, that's part of it. But also, um, you know, they had the smart strategy of sort of coupling it with Instagram. So like it's its own app separate from Instagram, but you need an Instagram account to join threads. Oh. And you can, um, there's there's a link from Instagram into threads. So oh. a lot of people signed up because they saw, oh, what's this new threads thing in Instagram? Oh. And they join threads. So your username in threads is the same as your Mine Instagram? is. Uh, I don't know if you, I, I think you might be able to change it in threads. I'm not positive about that, but mine is the same. Not all of those users stayed active, of course. Um, and there was a lot of news about in the, you know, the months following that, like, they lost a lot of those initial active users because there were a lot of users from Instagram or just from all the press that it received when it launched that signed up and then, you know, weren't really, you know, just didn't start using it. Right. But there are a lot of users that have come over from Twitter and there's a big set of the, you know, subset of the population on threads that talks about mm. Twitter and, you know, why they came to threads yeah. and, and we'll get into sort of the differences in, uh, as we go along here. But so just a little bit about like what Threads is. Um, threads allows you to post up to 500 characters. Same sort of model as Twitter where there's a follow, follower, following model. It's a text first yeah. platform right. like Twitter. Uh, it does have photos and videos as well. Okay. I think about it like this. Like if you follow somebody on Instagram and you want to um, hear more about what they think um, mm, rather yeah. than and, and what they're reading and right. that sort of stuff rather than like things that they do and Mm -hmm. like pictures that they take yeah um you might follow them on threads yeah uh but some people you know some of them may not be the same people you want to you follow on instagram because maybe you don't want to know what the people on you know that you follow on instagram think maybe there's a different set of people right on you know threads that you want to follow i definitely see each social media platform for a different interest in my life i know not everybody is like that but yeah no i look at it that way too so some of the key differences and features between threads and Twitter, one is that character limit, mm-hmm. uh, 500 versus 280. It's not, I mean, it's almost, it's almost double, yeah. but like that's not a major difference, right? Like you do get some more characters. Right. Um, Twitter has DMs currently, threads launched without them, but interesting. we'll likely soon have them. They, so they launched pretty quickly. Um, they launched an MVP or like minimum viable product, like they, they took that to the extreme. Mm. Very bare bones. I think they're going to have them. They okay. just haven't released it yet. They've been releasing features very quickly, though. Okay. So we'll talk about some of those. Interesting. So I would assume, though, that people interact with each other more on the public 
platform, which then gets other people more engaged. And so that might actually be a good thing yeah. to like just develop and grow engagement within the users yeah. because they can like see that everyone. And whereas if you're DMing like kind of privately, you know, it kind of doesn't really look like there's anything happening. So you're not really going to like engage as, as a third party user. Yeah. I mean, that could be, we'll talk a little bit about some anecdotal um, evidence of like differences in engagement mm-hmm. um, in a little bit too. But um, another difference is there's no hashtags on threads. What? Currently. What are all the weddings going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't currently support hashtags. I don't know if it, it may eventually, or it may have some different type of, uh, you know, way to uh, keyword uh, mm-hmm. a post. Um, and there's no trending news yet. Okay. Interesting. On threads. But as I mentioned, the Threads team is shipping new features fast. So mm-hmm. some just some of the things that have changed since. So I, I joined Threads um, within like the first week that they yeah. launched. Um, some of the changes that I've seen, um, and I'm only going to cover a few of them. Some are the algorithm updates. So initially their algorithm, it wasn't that great at delivering the type of content that, that you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And... They've made some tweaks to that, but also just the more that you use and, and interact and engage on threads, mm-hmm. um, it learns who you mute, mm. who you block, mm. uh, who you like, right. uh, what posts you comment on, like that sort of stuff. And it, and it feeds you more of that stuff. Right. I think that, you know, there's still some tweaks there because it's uh, some users have said it feels like, oh, if I accidentally look at a post, I'll start to get a ton of, you know, other posts like that. And I didn't like that. You know, I didn't necessarily like that one. I just needed to click into it to see what it was, mm-hmm. basically. Or I wanted to look at that user to see, like, what else they posted, that sort of stuff. This one's kind of cool. So recommendations of users to follow. So initially, I noticed that a lot of the users, the suggestions of, like, you might like this user, yeah. were users that weren't active on threads. Oh, um, really, like, they hadn't even posted anything Mm -hmm. so i actually sent a uh i just posted something on threads and i said anybody else notice this Mm -hmm. um and i got a direct response from a threads engineer who said oh "Oh, we've actually thanks for like letting us know that we've been working on that uh because i sent a screenshot and i said like three out of the the four people you guys recommended aren't like active basically yeah Yeah. and i I just suggested like hey maybe like filter it out so that it's just people who are active because i don't want to follow people or not right right and so I noticed within like two days of that, I was only getting active people mm, um, for, for suggestions. <laughs> so no, I think they made a change to their, you know, their recommendation algorithm. Content search is another thing that they rolled out since launching. They didn't have that when they launched. So you could search users, but you couldn't search content. Mm. Uh, so that's available now. Do you categorize your own content? Like when you sign up, do you say like, I'm so-and-so and like my content is going to center around tech or well you have a description like you have a bio um and you put some you can put some in there that's what people if they look if they actually make it to your profile they'll look there and see what you post about but then it's more so just your posts like they'll look at some recent posts and see what you post about so like the algorithm kind of puts you in a certain like category yeah based on it learns what you post okay and like that you know those topics basically Mm -hmm. i'm like trying to think of like when I sign on, I'm going to be like the most random, like chaotic person, like good luck algorithm trying to put me in a box. See, I wouldn't recommend that <laughs> if you're trying to, if you're trying to get followers. I'm but, not. Okay. I'm trying to be my own person on threads. All right. Well, do what, do what you want. <laughs> I'll do me. Um, they also added the ability to edit posts, which they didn't have initially. You have five, oh. you have up to five minutes to edit a post. 
after that you can't. So they interesting. Yeah, they don't want you to. They don't. I mean, because comments can happen fast on these things, and they don't want you changing mm. the meaning of your post after you've already had some engagement on it. Okay. So um, it's meant as a way to correct typos, which is another thing I asked for because I was like, listen, I, I, you, know, you end up having to delete the thing, and then <laughs> I fat thumbs. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes you already had comments on it, and you're like, I don't want to get rid of my comments. You yeah, know, so yeah, you just yeah. live with the the typo Um, tragic yeah and then another feature that they recently added is um you can actually do voice messages on threads now um so you can instead of typing you can um talk into the phone and it will record your voice and do an automatic transcription of your uh, voice to text so it'll show the text and the voice yeah Yeah. i like the accessibility piece of it yeah well it's kind of cool too because like you don't know what these people sound like that you're like after after a while you start reading from the same people over and over again and you don't know what they sound like and then all of a sudden like i got hit with one the other day and i was like i had no idea this guy was british it was like a surprise british accent yeah it was kind of cool (laughs) so they have built you know a lot of features not they haven't necessarily built all of the features that people are asking for yet which They've only been around for a few months. It's like makes sense. But some people are very angry about this. So, yeah, I mean, because people get angry about things. Yes. So one of them is trending news. People, a lot of people do see threads as an alternative to Twitter. And a lot of them are saying, well, I have to go back to Twitter because they do trending news still. Mm. If if threads did that, I would just stay here. But Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram and threads, um, has said, basically, they don't want to rush into that game. Um, They... It, it's too important it's too it there's too much risk involved in that that feature mm-hmm. and the platform is too young and nascent to rush into that basically it's too it's too important that they get it right mm. um, so even though people are really clamoring for that feature and that use case on threads meta doesn't want to just build something that becomes Twitter right. where you know yeah, it's full that. of misinformation and they're yeah. amplifying news that shouldn't be amplified yeah, that sort of it's stuff. hard it's hard when like the news kind of is involved because yeah that it just brings up like a whole another layer of like misinformation and vetting and things right. like that i alluded to this but one of the cool things about the platform is that the engineers and product people are very active on the platform mm-hmm. so i've i probably follow dozens of them and they post about new features um, they post about anything just like a you know they're normal people <laughs> so just like a normal person but they will often interact with your posts um, and comments they take feature suggestions they respond to journalists there's actually recently been sort of a uh, I don't know if I'd call it a migration but like a, a big welcoming of all these new journalists to mm. threads yeah. uh, because I think they feel like they might not be safe on Twitter yeah, <laughs> necessarily, yeah, uh, yeah. or like you know their their content. They could they could be blocked at any time if they say the wrong thing about the wrong person, right. even if it's truthful. So there's been some growth, you know, of people coming to Threads for the new features and the you know the community that exists over there. And I do want to talk a little bit about some of the differences between Threads and Twitter as far as you know non features, but mm. like more like cultural stuff. So. Mm. Twitter has long had a reputation of being kind of like hardcore and like cutthroat and trollish. Like people, mm, yeah, people troll each other over yeah. there. Yeah, like there's on, a lot on of Twitter. keyboard warriors. Yeah, that just like hide behind their keyboards and say mean, mean things. Yeah, and even and even people who don't do that exclusively, um, you know, it's it's it seems like it's kind of just fun to dunk on people on right. Twitter. I mean, there's a whole segment on like the you know late night shows called Mean Tweets. So 
People don't mind being mean on Twitter. Yeah. So that's not really the case on threads at all um, yet. So oh, please make it a make it a nice place, guys. Like, yeah. don't, don't ruin this for us. <laughs> no, the culture on Twitter, uh, uh, the culture on threads is very different. So eventually, like, you're still going to get some trolls. Like, there are some people. I think I've, bl- I've had to block one person in the last three months or four months that I've been Ooh. on. What is it? Yeah. Three months on, on threads. Huh? <laughs> Already? One person. I, I don't know. I don't no, that is like nothing for the number of people that I've interacted with and for the number of posts that oh, I've really? made. Yeah. So um, it's very easy to mute or block people. So you can mute if you just don't want people's posts to appear in your feed because it's not kind of your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can block um, and report people if it's actually inappropriate or, you know, they're just um, like the person I blocked. It wasn't inappropriate. They were just being kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, yeah you don't need that. Yeah. Somebody else was like, just block that guy. Like, you know, somebody else was supportive. He's like, I don't know why he's being a jerk on my in my comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he blocked him too. One example of just like sort of how nice people are on threads is, so I posted, I posted a video mm-hmm. for this podcast actually mm-hmm. that I had edited a bit. And I said, you know, I want to get some feedback on this. Um, sort of new to, you know, I've, I've created some videos, but want to get feedback on like how I can make this better. And I got probably 10 different users responded with feedback on how to improve it. And they were all super nice um, and constructive. Like a couple of them were even like, I I feel bad even like giving constructive feedback on threads. But, you know, one thing I'd say is you might want to add subtitles or something like super. It was just like a nice thing. Like you clearly didn't have to uh, preface it with with that. But like it was just a nice so it's just a difference in, in culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see, like, when whenever, like, sometimes people will just post things like, hey, all the new users on threads, because sometimes there'll just be a barrage of new users coming from Twitter or right. whatever. Um, and they're like, this is kind of how things work here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little different. So another thing which you kind of mentioned earlier could be the case is that anecdotally, a lot of users have said that they're they're seeing more engagement on their posts on threads than they do on Twitter, even with a much smaller following currently on threads. So when you start on threads, you're starting over basically, right? So you might have accrued 50,000 followers on Twitter in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And on threads, you have to start at zero. Yeah. Um, although it is easier to build if you had a lot of Instagram followers too. Right. So... A lot of people have, you know, they might only have like people have given examples. They have two or 3000 followers on threads and they had 20,000 or 30,000 followers on Twitter mm-hmm. and they're seeing more engagement on their posts on threads than they were mm-hmm. than they are on Twitter. Like they would post the same thing on yeah, both yeah, platforms yeah. And, and compare. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Does that have anything to do with like the, I guess, how it was developed? Like, it- I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say exactly why. Um, I, part of the reason could be you know, you've got a lot of fake accounts and bots and yeah, spam on, right. on Twitter. Right. Um, and it could just be, you know, it's still early days at threads. Like people are um, more engaged. Yeah, they might just be more engaged right now. I mean, yeah. also people aren't as mean. Right. Um, you know, right. maybe people are more likely to engage if they're yeah. not afraid. People are just going to be jerks to yeah, them. Yeah, like I, I feel like the, the people who sign on early are the ones that want to use it and are yeah. enthusiastic about actually using it for the purpose that it is rather than being a troll yeah well yeah and you, yeah that's true you still have a lot of early adopters on threads yeah um and they're more likely to be active users where you might have right. maybe you have a lot more passive users on twitter who and and there is data that supports that like most a, a large percentage of the tweets 
on Twitter come from a very small percentage of the population on Twitter. Mm. So a lot of people aren't tweeting or aren't tweeting very much. Right. Just because we're sort of wrapping up the thread segment, I don't know if this has been evident. I think it has, but uh, I am on threads. I am Tony.com's on threads. If anybody listens to the podcast and wants to try it out or is already on threads, shoot me a message. There's no DMs, but you can just, you know, write a post and tag me. You can at me and let me know you listen to the podcast and I'll make sure to follow you back. Yeah. And I'm going to join too. So you do that to me as well. <laughs> You'll be at Maymosa? Well, if, yeah, if I can. That's, if nobody's stolen your... Well, that's the cool thing. Like if I'm able to keep my Instagram username, then absolutely. That was one of the things I was always so late to like all of the other accounts that you can sign on. So I, somebody always took Maymosa. Yeah. I feel like I need to do it right now. <laughs> Before this airs and yeah. uh, people just, yeah. I don't know if they hold it for you for a certain amount of time or what. So yeah, check it out. But okay. the next thing I want to talk about, and um, this is something that I've actually thought about. It seems like Elon Musk might be the best thing that's ever happened to Mark Zuckerberg's image, like his public image, which is crazy. So if you think about Mark Zuckerberg, like he's, he's in the past, he's been a little bit of a controversial founder uh, himself, you know starting with the the very founding of Facebook and the social network yeah. movie. Right. You know, there was some controversy there with the Winklevoss twins and Eduardo Saverin and, you know, just whose idea it was and that yeah. sort of stuff. Then, you know, there's all the privacy stuff at Facebook and the reasons that Zuckerberg has been, you know, called to Congress to testify a bunch of times. Yep. People see Facebook as kind of, you know, not the most trustworthy of platforms like using your data in different ways and you know that sort of stuff right um and also he's just kind of you know a lot of people see him as like just this emotionless kind of nerd yeah right like right. Uh, not me like i've i've been a zuckerberg fan yeah. um i mean he's got his faults like we all do right. but like no he's perfect. in the public eye like yeah. yeah but now he's like now he's like the anti-musk like <laughs> anti-twitter which means he's rational like he's he's anti hate speech. Yeah. Um. He's he's also you know like I don't think people knew this before. I didn't really know how fit he was before. He's fit, <laughs> and he's kind of like a badass. Like now yeah. people are seeing him in a light that like they never saw him in before. Um. And that's all thanks to Elon. So in June 2023, Elon challenged Zuck right. to a cage match. Yes. Whatever um, happened with that? Well, so. I don't know if El if Elon realized this at the time, but Mark Zuckerberg has been taking like MMA lessons yeah, for years. Right. And I mean maybe he maybe he did. Maybe Musk knew this, but he's very fit. Um he's won some competitions. Like Oh, I didn't realize he's won competitions. Yeah, wow. like he's like he's good at this. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was like an MMA fighter. I didn't know like how yeah. involved. He's probably like my height though. Like he's he's a shorter guy like elon's probably got like a hundred pounds on him or right. something like that but elon is not in shape like doesn't take care of himself so like zuckerberg was like just tell me when like let's let's set this up and elon did this thing where he said like oh we'll we'll live stream it on x like i'm on my way to your house or something like that and it, it just became this kind of joke to, yeah. to elon and yeah. so it's now been written off like uh, elon kind of backed out um oh, just like the twitter deal <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah exactly he tried to back out like just like he the sounds twitter like deal. the type of person that just like you know, talks a big game. And then when somebody actually like, uh, you know, calls him on it, he's like, eh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So while Elon has been like the best thing for Zuckerberg's image and reputation, I think 
buying Twitter has been like the worst thing for Elon's reputation. Right. And his public image. Like, so this, this whole spat with Zuckerberg where Elon came out on bottom, like Zuckerberg came out on top, like the whole hate speech thing and, you know, not like refusing to, to block that sort of content on Twitter, all the, you know, advertisers leaving Twitter, profits decreasing, you know, revenue decreasing. There's just like, there's just this public perception that now, like, does Elon know how to run this company? And it's like, whereas before he was, he was seen as this like kind of quirky, weird guy, but like super smart and like right. knows how to run a business. Yeah. I mean, and now Tesla's. It, yeah, exactly. He's got yeah. Tesla. He's got SpaceX. Yeah. Um, he, now it's like this, this one's most in the public image and all of, right. you know, the public eye and all of his decisions and. Because of all the fumbles that he makes. And honestly, though, I do think that it's because he jumped into acquiring Twitter on a whim. I'm sure the other businesses that he is successful in, he wasn't, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Well, and, and he actually and put thought into A social it. media business is a very different type right. of business. Like sure, his other right. businesses are much, uh, call them like more hard businesses like yeah. you know he's developing rockets and right. and electric cars that are self-driving like these are different types of challenges yeah this one like he's much his his personality is much more in it because he's right. because it's a social media platform yeah yeah i that's interesting though i do feel yeah i wonder if he's not doing so great because yeah because it's a personality thing and his other businesses are just more like data and numbers yeah hard tech yeah Um, yeah i don't know what it is but i don't think it's been i I, like i don't know anyone who would look at it objectively and say that either this move has been good for a good business move or a good public image like a good business move for twitter a good public image move for elon or a good business move for elon's other businesses because i know like i've seen there have been many a tesla owner looking to dump their Tesla or, you know, not buy a Tesla in the future because mm. of this this whole charade or whatever is going on. Mm. And it's just like, if you're the CEO of a company, your job, like ideally you're going to be a net positive on the business, you personally, which is probably not going to happen for most companies because, you know, most people don't even know who the CEO is of the businesses that right. they support. So at the very least, you should be net neutral yeah. on like customers buying decisions right. and i would say elon hasn't even done that yeah. since taking over twitter yeah. so the question still remains can threads be successful though like can it can it become a successful business can it become um, a successful social media platform i think it's going to be difficult yeah um, i agree they are you know it's it's hard to they're doing something that other companies haven't historically done very well at which is start a social media startup within an existing company Mm -hmm. Um, google has tried this a number of times and failed every time you remember google plus they had they've had a few attempts at what was google plus it was their attempt at like a facebook like a connecting your friends social network it never took off like nobody i mean there's others that i I can't even i think one was called orkut or something like that where it was something similar earlier than google plus that didn't last also you know companies that acquire social networks like when twitter acquired vine vine died within like a couple years after being acquired by twitter it's just a hard thing to do uh facebook has had much uh, you know a much better track record than most companies at doing this so they acquired instagram instagram is doing 
wonderfully. Um, they acquired WhatsApp. Um, same story there. Uh, so, you know, if, if any company can do this sort of thing, it might be Facebook. Yeah, right. But, you know, if you look at Twitter, Twitter's not profitable after almost 20 years. Right. It's It's got a few hundred million users, you know, maybe are active. Um, that's not that big yeah. for, compared to an Instagram right. or, you know, a Facebook where there's like billions of users. So the question is like, what's the mar- what's the total addressable market of a tool like that um for advertisers which has mm. been the main business model what's the appetite for advertising like there's not a ton of businesses where twitter is like their primary ad strategy i mean th- there are some but like the, the major businesses are you know they'd much rather av- advertise on something like instagram yeah right um or or longer form content um it's harder to Slip in an ad. Yeah, you know, in a tweet. In a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and I feel like if they want to be successful, they do have to they have to do something that sets themselves apart from being associated with Twitter. Because there's there's still people that are like, oh, this is like the new Twitter, and I didn't really like Twitter, or like look at how Twitter failed. Yeah, you know, this one's just gonna fail as well. They need to do something that sets themselves apart from that while still maintaining you know, the core of just like information yeah. sharing. Well, yeah. And that's kind of the tightrope that they're walking. I feel like is like they, they, they're trying to build a platform that has its own identity and purpose and use cases. But at the same time, they're trying to court Twitter users who want Twitter features, Twitter like features. And they're, they're going to have to balance those two sides. Um, okay. They're going to have to, you know, they and the users over time, the culture of threads, will have to figure out exactly what threads is, mm-hmm. um, what its main use cases are. Will it become the the destination where, you know, on Monday Night Football, everybody's, you know, on threads. And, right. you know, if there's a big touchdown during the Super Bowl or, right. you know, whatever, or Taylor Swift wins her 300,000th, uh, <laughs> what is it, Grammy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> is that the Red Award show? <laughs> Yes, she, she wins <laughs> okay. Grammys. Yes, uh, you know, are people going to be talking about it on Threads in real time? Right, uh, because right now there there aren't a ton. Like that's not a major use case. Yeah. Okay. Because the the content doesn't get surfaced in the same way that it right. does on on Twitter. So right. those are some questions. Yeah, and that is what I liked about Twitter, and that is one of the reasons again why I signed up for Twitter because I liked the live tweeting of shows like I remember I would like live tweet The Bachelor I would live tweet I remember I used to live tweet Scandal I I remember that and and one of the uh one of the actors um Huck yeah he he tweeted me back and I thought that was like the coolest thing oh yeah (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh I'm famous (laughs) yeah I mean that people a lot of people like that use case of Twitter and sometimes when I miss an episode I used to um kind of go back and I, I could like search the hashtag of like the bachelor yeah. and I, I could see all everything that happened in the bachelor on that episode, like yeah. on Twitter. And, but now I can't do that. They like make me have a, an account if I want to like look at tweets. Oh yeah. I forgot Twitter did that. So they, yeah, you was can, annoying. I think that was something that Elon instituted too. So you can no longer, there's no more um, public website for twitter you have to you have to be logged yeah. in you have to be authenticated Which, first actually i do like that now because one of the reasons that i did get off of twitter was because like when you googled my name you could see my tweets and they were like 
brainless thing, you know, because I was live tweeting like silly oh, yeah. shows and I just didn't want that to just like be my persona. Yeah. But now it is. <laughs> but I just, I, you know, so I, I kind of got off of that because I was like, oh, it's too public. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I've been on, like I said, I've been on threads for three months. I've seen a great deal of engagement on my posts. Um, I started at zero. I don't have a very, I don't have a big Instagram following because um, I haven't been very active on Instagram for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already got over 1,200 followers on threads. Uh, I think I have a hundred and something on Instagram. So I, was you know, I say, wasn't drawing from that crowd. I was going to say, is that your most followers or friends? Uh, so I had, I had about a thousand on Twitter okay. too. Uh, I was never a power user of Twitter, but like, um, you know, a lot of those aren't, I don't think real followers but like my engagement on threads is way higher than on on twitter like i've had even with only 1200 followers you know i've had posts that have had maybe 100 likes and 80 comments like that sort of type engagement yeah um which is which is pretty nuts yeah so it's pretty cool uh one thing i will say as a product manager myself for people who either already use threads or want to use threads remember it's it's a platform that's only a few months old when Twitter launched, I don't remember, I don't know if everybody remembers the fail whale, but there was this whale, this infamous whale that Twitter would post every time its site went down, yeah. which was for the first, I don't know, five years of Twitter oh my gosh, was like yeah, almost daily. There was yeah. this fail whale. It just became this huge like meme. And, you know, Threads hasn't had any of those sorts of issues yet. It, it does have the luxury of being run by Meta, mm-hmm. uh, which has, you know, tons of resources already. Right, right. But you know, it still has a limited number of engineers and they're trying to build it in a way that will be successful long term. So be respectful. Ask for like I've given feedback to the team um, and I've you know, I've you're not going to get anywhere being aggressive or being a jerk, especially on a community like threads. Yeah. Like just say like, hey, um, you know, I'd love this use case. Would love to see if, um, you know, if you guys are thinking about something like this. You'll figure out pretty quickly who some of the engineers are, who, you know, Adam Mosseri is the head of Threads and Instagram. He's very active on there. Oh, was he the one that responded to you? Uh, no, I think he liked one of my oh. posts. But no, some of the engineers have responded oh, um, cool. to, to things that I've posted. Yeah. Last thing I'll say, I'm sure I've left things out. I'm left, I've left out details. This is like a, this is, this is the first story like sort of news story that we've covered that's like in the current right uh, like news cycle right so like you know we started with the launch of twitter uh, 17 years ago or whatever and we made it all the way up to current day basically with right. threads and what's going on so i'm sure i left out details we we usually only do about an hour episode there's so much more to this story but clearly you know, this is one case where I'm a little biased. Yeah. Um, I was you know, say, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, take that with a grain of salt as well. If you're, if you love Twitter and you don't see any of the hate and the vitriol and, you know, all that stuff that we talked about, keep using your Twitter and, and, you know, go for it. Give threads a shot. Follow me. I'll follow you back. If, you know, message me that you, that you listen to this show and, uh, you know, I'll give you a follow and don't be a troll. Yeah. Just don't be a troll. Yeah. Just be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's have a kindness community. (laughs) (laughs) And just let me know what you think um, of this episode uh, of the podcast in general. Reach out. I am at Tony.coms. May will be at May Mosa, hopefully by the time that you listen to this. And if for some reason somebody else already took it, um, we'll figure out something else. (laughs) Okay, everyone, you're probably wondering why podcasters are always like hit the subscribe button means a lot we'd really appreciate it so if you don't know 
more subscribers means more listeners to the podcast each episode. It's more likely that you're going to download a future episode. Also in the charts, that helps a podcast to grow, to get more listeners, to be presented in front of a, a larger audience. Only about half or even less than half of the people who listen to the podcast each week are subscribed. So hit that subscribe button or that follow button. It will help the podcast to get more attention. It will help make sure that we keep giving it the attention that it needs to create a quality podcast that you all will hopefully continue to love. So hit that button. That's all we'll ask. All right, let's just jump into it. It's time for our hot mom of the week. Yeah. Well, last time I checked, I'm still hot. Real hot. Okay. Um, so we talked a lot about news and like how news spreads, journalists that um kind of, you know, pick their own social media outlet to, you know, give their news on. And we also talked about a little bit about um, work-life balance. Yeah. So all of this made me think of our hot mom of the week this week, and her name is Kayla Marie Sullivan. So she is on Instagram and TikTok, and she creates relatable real news for parents. And when I say real, I mean R-E-E-L. She does shorts and reels. So she creates these shorts and it's on everyday parenting stories, but she does it in a way that looks like a news report. So she has that anchor voice. Um, She does like that head nod, like, you know, when when they like throw it back to you out in the field and she's like standing there like doing the head nod. Oh, yeah. She uses and what I think is really cool funny is that she uses like either a different toy or an object as a microphone um, just to kind of like spoof on being a reporter. So. She has a segment on Wish TV in Indianapolis called Kid Ing with Kayla, where she does these viral mom reports. Um, but before all that, she was a real life news reporter in Indiana. She reported on um, things that were happening in the Capitol at, um, in Indianapolis. But um, she was the only state political reporter um, at her station. So that meant that in order to be successful, she had to constantly monitor what was happening at the state house, and as a team member of one, she was rarely able to like disconnect from work. So she was just like really entrenched in being a journalist, being in her work, and being in TV journalism. She only really got to spend about half an hour on weekdays with her son Alan, who was like a baby at the time, and she was also a single mom. So. It was definitely taking a toll on her personal life and her family life being this like, you know, TV journalist. So this, you know, growing up, that was her dream job. Um, She found, but like, you know, the more that she was kind of like in, in the hustle of, of, you know, work, she found that like that hunger to get, you know, the, the ideal story, it started to like change into hate and she started to resent her job. And, you know, been there. I know. I was just going to say it was taking. <laughs> Not now, fortunately, but I've been there. <laughs> it was taking away from her, her son. And she, she said she felt like a bad reporter when she was concentrating on Alan. And then she felt like a bad mom when she was concentrating on reporting. Yeah. And I, I know that we've all like kind of been in this situation um, where if you're a working parent, 
you have, you know, sometimes you, just, you have to focus on one or the other, especially during busy times. And it, it's really hard. So in 2021, she left her job in the news business. She took a job in public relations, but she always missed um, reporting. So one day there was just like this TikTok trend that was going around um, and it was to talk about something like super mundane, but using an anchor voice. And that's when she created her very first mom report. um, And it was about her son's diaper change. And she has the most amazing anchor voice ever like she just she sounds like you know I mean she's she's done this before right but like she definitely yeah she definitely has that intonation and you know she just she knows how to do it so the internet went nuts um over this video it got more than four million views and um even Carrie Underwood commented on it (laughs) so you know you you hit the big time so she knew she needed to take advantage of that momentum so she wrote recorded and posted the next day the Olive Garden tantrum report, um, which got 38 million views. I think you showed me that before. Yeah. Okay. No, it's hilarious. Like she'll, you know, she'll be like, I'm on the scene and you know, you know, I'm not as good at it. So I'm not going to do it. (laughs) But, um, it was then that she realized that she could have both her dream job of being a TV reporter and a parent by combining both of these. That's really cool. I know. She pitched her idea of kidding with Kayla, um, segment to wish TV as something like different you know she was like the the news especially you know a couple years ago was very he- it still is but like you know news just in general is a very heavy thing that you yeah. see on TV so you know she wanted to bring something a little like fresh and relatable so the station took a chance on her and they were also willing to accommodate a flexible schedule, which is all that she wanted so that she could be present for her son, Alan, who's now four. So that created that work-life balance that she's always wanted. So her story is just like so inspiring. And, and she had said that like, she just hopes that like her story helps people to go after the job that works best for them as a parent because they're rare, but they're definitely out there. And honestly, this one spoke to me, especially this week it's been it's been a really busy week for me at work and there have been times where like I did feel like I've been like a little disconnected from my family I mean there's a light at the end of the tunnel it's just a busy period that I have right now but it's really inspiring to see somebody who saw the value in both work and her family and she was able to make it work out so I'm getting a little emotional because um it's it's just it's so refreshing to see like a working mom by the way, it's really fun. I saw a meme that said, um, the thing that I hate most about the term working mom is that there's no term called working dad. I mean, no no hate to you, but like, it's just... Hey, take that to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that doesn't belong on threads. Um, but it's just like the mental load of a mother is really a lot. And um, I love... And she's a single mom. She's got to make it work, you know? And I just love that she is able to make it work and she did it. So um, before I start crying, follow Kayla. <laughs> I can't believe we made it to episode 11. I know, before I <laughs> before cried. I, I was drinking a lot of wine during your um, <laughs> Twitter uh, thing, but follow Kayla on social media. She is at Kayla Marie Sully on Instagram. So that's K-A-Y-L-A-M-A-R-I-E-S-U-L-L-Y. But then on TikTok, she is Kayla Reporting. And I just looked it up. She's Kayla Marie Sully on Threads. Oh, there you. Oh, 
she's on threads good yep. for her yeah she knows she knows like all the good places to to do things so she's awesome well that's all we've got today if you enjoyed the episode hit the subscribe button and reach out on social media dot coms and hot moms signing off Bye.